0: Welcome to another episode of Mental Health Mondays, where we talk to guests who are either professionals in the mental health space, uh, guests who are mental health advocates, or those that live with or experience a mental health challenge. And I am super excited for our guest today. But before we bring her on, make sure if you're on YouTube, you smash down That subscribe button. Um, Now we are streaming this to LinkedIn, which is super awesome. So make sure you follow the BCC Evolution page or follow the BCC Evolution page on Facebook, whichever way you're watching it. But without further ado, I will bring up my guest for today, Tanya. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm super excited to be here. Thanks so much. And I was listening to your intro, I was thinking, check yeah like professional check personal stories check challenges check 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 yeah so I'm there with you
0: awesome yay I know and then the magic because I bring you in I know know, right (laughs) right so tell the audience a little bit about yourself what do you do
1: Um, I'm a master life strategist. And what that means is basically I help people strategize challenges in life, love and money. I'm also a tantra lineage holder, which people then go, what the heck is that? They think it's all about sex, but it's not but I also teach people about sex. So I've been uh, helping people in life, love and money for over 37 years. I've affected uh, 82,000 people in over 60 countries. And one of my specialties in anything that I do is basically optimizing the nervous system to transform any trauma symptoms that people have.
0: Wow, that is amazing. So it's, I mean, a lot of different things that you do, but what really led you into wanting to do this?
1: Yeah, well, the foundation of all of every of everything, I think, when anybody has a challenge is basically their nervous system being dysregulated. And for me personally, I come from a trauma background as a child, and I'm also autistic. And so <clears throat> there was a bunch of things going on for me. Uh, and in my early 20s, I actually put a gun to my head and pulled the trigger. And I survived that weirdly by some strange i don't even know what happened even to this day because there was basically an undamaged bullet laying on the ground when i stood back up so it's a mystery and uh, i went on from that to go all right why did i feel so bad that i actually did that and two what the heck actually happened that morning which led me on a um worldwide quest like literally All over the globe searching for answers. I spent 50,000 hours before the internet (laughs) studying uh, holistic types of things, allopathic type of healing modalities. I did a witch doctor in Africa, a shaman in Russia, and a medicine man in South America. I've done apprenticeships and all sorts of interesting things. And basically all of this led me back to the same conclusion, which is if we don't heal at the nervous system, by the nervous system and our chemistry, everything else we do is a lot harder.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And that is incredible that, I mean, one, you survived and not really sure like what happened (laughs) and, you know, like that's, that's an incredible story, but um, I'm so glad that you are alive and you're able to be here and share your experience and your knowledge with people that will be watching this. And um, and it led you into, that's what I love about this show is that like every guest that I've had on, like really had this journey behind what they do now. And it has impacted their life so much that it's like, I want to help other people that may be experiencing this. So that that's is true. just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that during this time you had that experience and then really led you into this this journey probably beyond what you ever (laughs) thought you would imagine you would go yes Um, (laughs) so from there I mean really now you have all this experience behind but let's talk a little bit more about that like the nervous system and calming this down like what does that what does that even mean
1: Yeah, I know. And in fact, it's interesting because just in the last, I think, couple of years, all of a sudden people are talking about nervous system dysregulation and the vagus nerve and optimization and how um, this really does affect your trauma and your healing and how the brain actually changes when you experience trauma and how to change that back. And I find that really interesting, because um, over the years that I've been working on with this, I haven't called it nervous system dysregulation, because nobody knew what the heck I was talking about. (laughs) You know, so whether I came at this from a uh, place with the whole tantra experience, which is energy mastery, or I came from this from a science, the, the quote, unquote, normal scientific route, which is, yes, let's heal our chemistry and nervous system. Um, Now it's more mainstream. And now more than ever, people are looking for that information in those words, even like neurodivergent wasn't a typical word that a lot of people used, right? So basically what this means is that if we are attempting to heal our trauma symptoms, our mental health, things like that, depression, anxiety, from a space of Uh, top level down is what I call it. So let's say talk therapy being top level, you're talking about something. We do know that talking helps, but it doesn't fix anything. Hmm. And that's kind of sad in the sense that a lot of people go to talk therapy and you see more and more uh, psychologists and psychiatrists are actually getting into somatic practices. There's things called somatic psychiatry. And what's happening is there's that merge of the... um, science community coming into understanding that, you know, the cells in our body, you know, react to things, that trauma isn't just stored in your brain, your your forefront of your brain, in your mind, it's stored in your subconscious, it's stored in your cells, it's stored in your nervous system. So that healing our nervous system, I think, is the first layer. Because our nervous system reacts before we can ever think about it, before we can ever understand what's happening. Our nervous system is already set up all these chemical reactions that then trigger a whole bunch of things in our body. We know that smell, for instance, is a huge uh, implication in memory. So like, it's good, you know, grandma's house with bake, you know, cookies or things like that, but also we can smell something that we smelled during abuse and not realize that we're triggered. Every time we smell that our body goes into flight, fright, mode, it goes into reaction, trauma mode. And so <clears throat> When we start to understand all the different ways that our nervous system and our body set us up for uh, a struggle when trying to heal, we can we can find better ways. And one of the things that I believe is that self-healing tools are the key and self-healing tools for your nervous system. And also because we get into a dynamic every time we interact with somebody, we're in a dynamic that has all sorts of implications. So if you go to somebody else first to heal your trauma, you'll be reacting to that person in ways that you don't even know. Pheromones, uh, visual triggers, voice, dynamic, uh, their vagus nerve may not be, they might be having a bad day, in which case your vagus nerve will respond to their vagus nerve. And so now you don't know what's going on with that. So I think if we got everybody some really basic, simple self-healing tools that help regulate their nervous system, at least get it on the started journey of stabilization, that then working with other people, we'd have better indicators of whether it was a good match or not.
0: Wow, that's so, I mean, that's really Mm -hmm. interesting not, I actually hadn't ever thought about like, like the smell thing, right? Like you have these certain smells potentially, like when you're going through trauma or abuse or whatever that may be for you. Um, and then it triggers later down the road, not knowing, because like you said, we store everything in our unconscious mind and we're not conscious of it until we bring it conscious. Um, and the other thing that you said, um, that, or my brain went with is the first time I had ever heard about this was when I did or learned about Wim Hof, yeah, Wim Hof and his breathing techniques and then the cold showers and I didn't even know that that was like a thing that you can regulate your nervous system when you go into a really cold bath and mm-hmm. I was like, you're this is yeah. bonkers like why am I even trying this well, and then now I know it's really interesting
1: except that I'm going to rain on that parade so. <laughs> So there's a lot of things that are coming up now in nervous system dysregulation that people are pushing and Wim Hof being actually his uh, stuff all comes from an old Tantra lineage, by the way. (laughs) So I find that interesting, but here's the thing. Most of those things were created for people with resilient nervous systems. So a lot of those things actually will worsen your trauma symptoms if you're dysregulated so for instance cold shower cold bath really bad if your nervous system's already dysregulated it causes more trauma ice face bath on the other hand so modification of that does help your downshift Mm -hmm. so it's really important when you get online right now and you're like oh yeah regulation nervous system that you understand that a lot of the things that people are doing are for athletes and people with regulated nervous systems and if you're trying them for instance let's take meditation we all know, we all hear, everybody should meditate, right? That's like the thing. And yet people with dis- nervous system dysregulation struggle to meditate. And so they think, it's, it's actually one of my TEDx talks is gonna be about this. They think that there's they're too broken to meditate or meditation doesn't work. The problem is we need to restructure a lot of these practices for when you have a dysregulated nervous system. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to meditate, and I call the, it's a trying to meditate meditation, meaning that you're constantly trying to meditate for 45 minutes, that's actually training your brain to try to meditate. It's better to meditate for 30 seconds consistently every day and build up to meditation time than to train your brain to struggle. Mm-hmm. So things like this, it's like, oh yeah, I can find all this information online, but have they, have they studied the difference between resilience And dysregulation and what happens when you do these, that's what I've been doing for the last 30 something years, is studying the effects of all of these classical things, meditation, breath work, um, and how they act in people with trauma symptoms versus how they act in people without them.
0: Yeah, no. And that I mean, that makes complete sense. And I know that even my guest last week, we kind of talked about that. Is like, instead of just jumping into like meditation, right, and or reading a book, you don't necessarily have to be like, I'm going to read a whole entire book right now. Like you could open it and just read one passage. Right. Um, that like you literally just said it again, right? Like here we are repeating, um, (laughs) which is awesome. I love, I love repetition. It's great for our brains anyways. And so it, it is, it's like that 30 seconds, right? I am one who I am like, I know I keep hearing people. Meditation is great. Meditation is great. My brain does not shut down. Often. And so I have to do the small things, right? Like I have to do these small things versus trying to do the long periods. Um, and I know that about myself. I'm very aware of it. And so I love that you said, I mean, yes, it can be great for you. However, don't put yourself in that struggling mindset. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, because great for you is only great for you if it works and you're doing it correctly. If you're struggling to do it, then you're setting yourself up for more trauma, which is so sad when a lot of people are doing all the quote unquote right things, but they're actually triggering their trauma more and causing more nervous system upset. Because if you're trying to meditate and then you spend all this time afterwards down in yourself because you didn't do it, then that's not helpful. And another thing with trauma There's and meditation. There's no such thing as not thinking about nothing. So what I like to do, help people do is the idea of there's two ways to meditate. There's presence and there's focus. And presence is feeling what's going on exactly as it's going on, the temperature in the room, all of these types of things. So the most important thing somebody with trauma can do is to get in their body first. And that's like, everybody hears that. What the heck does that even mean? It means healing that relationship between your mind, the disconnect between your mind and your body, which is all about just feeling your body, like temperature. Like right now, when I'm sitting here right now, I can feel that the tops of my legs are cold. Uh, My feet are warm because I have little camp booties on, right? And yet the top up here, it's warmer up around my face because the sun's coming in over here through this window. So I can feel these temperature variances. You can even start as simple as that. Now, while I sit here and feel those, that's meditating. So number one, most of you are probably meditating way more than you think. (laughs) So... There's that part of meditating, which is just feeling my sensations. Am I hungry? What does my stomach feel like now? Do I feel tight in my throat? Do I have a headache? How do my hands feel? And so even if you set a timer for a minute and a half, two minutes, whatever, and just scan your body like that, you're actually doing one of the healthiest meditations you can to heal that brain-body connection. So That's presence meditation. No, easy peasy, nothing really hard. If you're thinking about things, it's okay. Just keep coming back to what you're feeling in your body. Focus meditation is that thing that a lot of people are attempting. And to focus would be to focus on one thing to the exclusion of um, experiencing what you're thinking about. It's not that you've stopped thinking because nobody ever stops thinking, just so you're clear, nobody ever stops thinking. But what you can do is be so focused on something externally that you don't, you're not aware of it. It's not front and center of what's going on. That's also a meditation. So that would be a candle, a leaf, uh, a sound that you're actually focusing on something. And that takes more skill and practice than presence, but they both are tough if you're dysregulated, but so give yourself a break, a 30 seconds, a minute, just do it every single day, no matter what.
0: And you'll grow that practice. That's awesome. That's good. I mean, good to know, right? Like all of our brains always yeah. keep going. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like, oh my God, I'm so broken. I can't stop the spinning and the thinking. And of course, the more you do that, the more you play into that trigger and that trauma and dysregulation. So it's better to just cut yourself a break and go, I'm going to focus for 30 seconds on things that my body is feeling right now.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I I do that. That's a great I've actually never heard of that like just scanning your body right like it's already it is part of meditation and it's simple right I like so that's that. great <laughs> yeah me too I'm like yes something simple <laughs> um, but I I do also love I know that when I was introduced to Wim Hof like we did the the ice bath and I yeah. I had a friend who was there with us and she had experience um like cold shower trauma when she Mm -hmm. was younger. And so for her, like it was a really, really big challenge for her to even do this process with us. And so it's, I love that you said like, don't put yourself in that situation, right? Like you don't have to do that. I think it was good for her to kind of break through this barrier that was happening, but we also have to be really careful with not re-triggering the trauma.
1: Right. So what happens with something like that is... Um, if you, was, you know, for what I tell people, okay, here, you know, you're wanting to do your cold shower thing and stuff like that. If your nervous system is already fragile, doing that is shocking in a way that's not helpful. Just the same way, scream therapy, high arousal. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff like uh, adrenaline, you know, doing something adrenaline, fire walking, um, all of these things, if your nervous system is regulated, give you a uh, oop boost, right? Because they all create a little bit of shock or trauma, drama in your body. But the thing is a resilient nervous system bounces down and then Mm re-regulates. A non-resilient nervous system is not regulated to begin with. So you just taxed it. You haven't actually boosted it like these things are supposed to do. You've actually taxed it and you could feel exhausted afterwards after the exhilaration you can feel exhausted, more sensitive, more overwrought, things like that. That's an indication that what you're doing is not good for you. Even if everybody's telling you it is, you have to pay attention, which is why getting to know your own body feelings is essential in helping to heal your trauma. Because otherwise, you're going to be that good student, that person that you know certainly and i've done all this so i actually know like i've been all like, create all this stuff that was like it's supposed to be good for you to heal your brain or your trauma this that and basically finding out that i was just you know revolving my trauma over and over and on spin cycle doing all of these out of the box things because i went out to experiment right that's what i did i went out there in the world and like okay and it was because i went and i did all these old like let's call them ancient practices Right, where these all come from are ancient practices. I realized they needed restructuring because they weren't working for me like they were working for people that hadn't experienced the kind of trauma or nervous system dysregulation I had. They weren't doing the same things. So instead of me going, Oh, clearly I'm just too broken, which I I went through that process. I'm too broken. These things don't work for me. What's wrong with me? Blah, 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 blah. I realized, Well, hey, Maybe there's a missing component, which is why I got interested in the whole neuroscience, neurobiology, um, all of that and figuring out, well, what if what is going on? I'm successful with everything I do. What's happening here? Hmm. So we do have to feel we have to come first with our own understanding of how we feel before we go experiment with other things that aren't um, simple, safe and comforting because actually in beginning to heal your nervous system and transform it, you need more comfort than out of the box sensational experience. Mm. And if you can't feel your body, you're going to be drawn to doing big Epic things that make you feel something without realizing that's probably not good for you. So subtle first, subtle is always the best first.
0: Wow. That's interesting. It, it I mean, it's, it's like the, I want to step outside my box, but yet like if I do and I go those extreme things, then I possibly actually could be harming myself more than I'm hurting or harming myself more than I'm helping myself. And yeah. so that's, I mean, it's, that's great to know also, um, if you've yeah, experienced cycle. Yeah. And then you're
1: going to be doing that cycle, which is looking for that adrenaline and looking for that big hit. And you become a workshop junkie, a self-help junkie. Then you turn your trauma into not just ancient trauma, but current mm-hmm. trauma. And it's one thing to heal old trauma, right? It's another thing to bring it into the future every single time with you and now have new trauma related to these other things but not understanding that your intuition is going to lead you to more traumatic events. Cause that's what feels normal. Yeah. It's complicated, but it doesn't have to be the healing part. Doesn't have to be the understanding of all this can be complicated. And I always tell people the why doesn't really matter. Looking for the problem. Isn't going to find the answer. You think it is your, your mind wants the, why is this happening to me? Why did that? And when I take people on journeys, I'm like, Eh, we're not talking about the why because your amygdala is looking for reasons to not change. And the why is usually the reason. So if you can do simple practices that don't fire up your amygdala and just work hundred percent of the time, no matter what you're doing, which is that one that I gave you scanning your body, it it works 100% of the time to start reintegrating that relationship between your mind, subconscious mind and your body, which is, the basic step not self-love nobody knows how to self-love if you haven't self-love you can talk about self-love all day long but Mm self-trust and self-commitment are the mind's bottom rungs that
0: they need to start the healing journey Mm. yeah and i mean so self-care is the word right that's like the new thing that we always talk about um but i love you just said like self-trust yeah that's, I mean, it just, it's a mindset shift. (laughs) Right. Right.
1: Because self-care, you know, people will like, Oh, I'm taking a bubble bath. Oh, I'm doing this and doing that. And that's great. Awesome. But In the self-care realm that I am, it's like, what can you do to teach yourself to trust yourself? Because nobody else is trustworthy in the world. Really? Like we're all human. Everybody's trustworthy till they're not. I mean, that's just a fact, right? I tend to be a pragmatist (laughs) in that. Like, so If you can trust yourself, though, if you know that your self-trust and your self-commitment is rock solid, you're okay in the world. And then that whole idea that you have to trust somebody before you can do something becomes a different story. It becomes, do I trust myself? Do I trust the relationship I have with all my body wisdom, not just my mind, not just my subconscious mind, not just my heart, but every body wisdom that I have is on you know, healed, resilient and on alert and on focus, I know how to trust what I'm feeling and thinking is really the key because you can never totally know what somebody else is thinking and feeling in any given moment, right? Even the best of us have hurt other people, even people we love. So love does not exclude hurting somebody, you know, So, but self-trust means that You've learned practices that help you regulate your system. You know that if something traumatic happens, you know how to heal it. That's my business's mission is helping people get those tools in their hands so that any everybody can do their own healing work. So money, time, all of these things that are factors don't become factors anymore. And once you have that regulation, once you have that self-trust and that commitment, you know you're gonna be okay. You know then that exploration is okay because you know how to feel into what's actually going on, not trusting a gut that's dysregulated, which will lead you astray. Yeah. Yeah, so to me, that just makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I mean, definitely, the saying also is we can only con- we can only control ourselves we can't control others is what popped into my head but then also the mind and body are connected they therefore they affect each other and so <clears throat> really understanding how that connection works and making sure that you are connecting like you said your whole entire body not yep. just your mind and then going into the gut connection right like connecting the brain to the heart to the gut so that you are really aligned but no I love that what you do is teach people how to really get into themselves and like start to regulate whatever's happening um and I know you gave us the the tip on um meditation as a body scan it could be as simple as that right like the body scan Uh, you don't have to sit there and Focus on something for hours if that's right. not your deal, right? Like,
1: well, and who's got that time? Like <laughs> yeah. most people I
0: know do not
1: have that kind of time to do hour-long practices. So all the practices I teach are no more than five minutes. So Thank if you, you did them all, the most powerful set of them, it would be twenty minutes out of your day, wow. and you don't have to do them all at the same time that's because amazing. part of what it keeps people from healing is money, right? Finding the right practitioners, people are expensive, right? Uh, Modality, which one's the right one for you? Who the heck knows? Time, arbitrary. Did you know that like hour-long sessions or once-a-week sessions? None of this has anything to do with healing. I mean, so these are arbitrary <laughs> time frames set up, right? Um, the practitioner, the quality of the practitioner influences the healing you have as well. Uh, there's so many. In fact, I, you know, there's like six major things that keep people from healing. Those are a few of them, and it all comes back to, okay, if you decide that you're going to set aside five minutes a day, and I mean, seven days a week, no matter what, to do a simple practice that helps your nervous system regulate itself right in that moment. And you do that every single day. What happens is you build self-trust and commitment. Once you do that, your brain starts to believe you Mm-hmm. Because right now, most people's brains do not believe them. You know how many times you say, I'm not going to do that again, or I'm going to go on a diet, or I'm going to run, and whatever. Every time you break something you say to yourself or that you're going to do, you literally are telling yourself you're not trustworthy. If you don't trust other people, there's a reason for that too. Because you know, if you don't trust yourself, you're never going to trust anybody else. <laughs> so, <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: and then that five minute practice every single day, finding those patterns where you're like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, oh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it yesterday. Really? Five minutes? Why? Oh, I didn't have time. Well, that's not true. Yeah. So the lies, then the lies we tell ourselves hurt our self trust and self commitment. So I think the most valuable thing anybody can do is literally find like there's the vagus nerve breath, which I'm happy to share that your vagus nerve is the biggest nerve that you got. You've probably on your show talked about the vagus nerve before, I'm sure. The biggest nerve in your body, it starts in your face, along your ear, goes all the way through your heart, your digestive organs, all the way to your sexual organs. Think about that. That's full body wisdom right there, right? Mm -hmm. So your vagus nerve, what I call the social nerve, reacts to everything around it. And if you're dysregulated, it'll pick up on other people's dysregulation, and it usually likes to go towards similar. Mm -hmm. So dysregulated people tend to hang out with dysregulated people, which isn't helpful. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) When your vagus nerve is calm and it's regulated, it seeks out that regulation. And so I think really important is doing a vagus nerve reset breath every single day is going to start teaching your vagus nerve that being regulated and healing and becoming resilient is important. And not only does it help your nervous system, which then helps your brain, because nervous systems happen first, right? Helps your chemistry, all of that. Um, I believe that anxiety is the flip side of depression. If you have depression, if you heal anxiety, depression goes away. I mean, I've seen that over thousands of people now. So this helps anxiety if you have it. This helps overwhelm if you have it. This helps nervous system trauma response. This helps all sorts of things. And basically, it's an in-breath to the count of two. It's a short in-breath through the nose, and it's like two. And then an out-breath through the mouth, like you're blowing out a thousand birthday candles. Inhale, one, two, exhale, through the pursed lips, got more to go. (laughs) And if you set a timer, just start with one minute, work up to five minutes over a few weeks span of time. If you're an overachiever, you can go right to five. Uh, But it's more important that you do it every single day because the self-trust and the commitment along with the vagus nerve breath is what works, not just, Oh, I did it once this week and another time this week, whatever. Yeah. So I would say that that would be one of the most powerful tools that you could use right now today, beyond everything else that you may be doing or whatever. I'm not taking anything away from you, except thinking about the things you're doing. that are probably traumatizing your nervous system and in the search of healing it. Um, And just do that every single day. Like I, I've had surgery. I've done it on days of surgery. I've done it days that I'm sick. I've done it. I've done it. It doesn't matter what my body knows. So what happens after a period of time is I think vagus nerve breath and my entire body down regulates because that's called brain training. So I say vagus nerve breath, my body hears that I do it. Now I think teach whatever vagus nerve breath, boom, my body, I can feel the downshift happening already.
0: It's amazing, and it's so. I mean, like you said, it's so simple. Simple is good. Like literally, (laughs) you've given us two golden nuggets of simplicity. I mean, a breath, and then a body scan. Right? Exactly. What what am I feeling? Like I, like you said, like my hands are like kind of sweaty, but then my feet are cold because I don't have booties on. Right? So.
1: Right, exactly. And it's so incredibly helpful. Just that, that relationship, healing that relationship and the connection uh, to our bodies allows us to understand better. Once we go out to explore in the world, different modalities, if you even need them, because like I have 20 minutes a day, most of my clients heal their nervous system trauma and become resilient. So it doesn't have to be long and complicated healing, by the way, here's another mind blow. doesn't have to take a long time. Our body is actually designed to heal. And the reason it takes a long time is because we're using modalities and different things that need to be restructured. Not because you're broken, not because your trauma's is uh, so bad. I, I worked with a pair of twins. Is it a pair of twins or it's not just twins? Cause it twins, twins. sounds like yeah. yeah. <laughs> some <Sounds like, well, laughs> so, so twins who had been um, sexually molested in a satanic cult since they were six years old until they were 18. Um, you know, multiple times a week, days, you know, like some of the most severe trauma that I've seen and like thousands of hours of therapy and modalities and still not getting anywhere, um, you know, heal in less than six months. Wow. So your trauma, this is going to, to some of you, I understand you're going to be upset with me right now. I just want, here it is. Your idea of how bad your trauma is, isn't necessarily related to how your nervous system feels about it your nervous system doesn't calibrate the kind of trauma you had or the severity of it as really different. If it's dysregulated, it might've been just somebody yelling at you that dysregulated you enough to put you into a dysregulation cycle that kept making things worse and worse versus somebody else has some huge, you know, they're held at gunpoint by somebody, you know, you you would think worse, quote unquote, yet your nervous system may not have responded the same way the person got yelled at. And so don't please get into the idea that my trauma was so bad or so long that it's gonna take equally as long or that then somehow your nervous system is broken. Yes, brain changes happen when trauma happens, but guess what? Your brain is created to heal. Your nervous system is created to heal. Your entire being, it's one of its directives is to heal. So you just we just need to be using the innate systems that we have. We need to be using the evolution that we have, evolutionary design that we were created with to for in the right way. <laughs> we
0: need to support our own body's natural healing ability. So that's really what I'm all about. Yeah, no, that I mean, I think that's important to understand too. And something that I talk about is my trauma may be very different, right? Like we all handle trauma in different ways and experience trauma in different ways. And I use the silly analogy of if you stub your toe, your toe, right? Like that could be a trauma to somebody, but somebody who does it all the time, like myself, it's not traumatic, right? But like you said, Just because you may have experienced a long or an intense trauma versus somebody yelling at you or you stubbing your toe, you can still heal your body the same and quickly versus I mean, I think we get stuck in our story. Like, really, that's what it is. It's like my story is that this is my trauma and I'm going to hold on to it like it's my lifeline. But like once we're ready to release that and start to heal ourselves, it's very similar in the ways that we can heal ourselves. So if you're ready and you're listening, um, (laughs) if somebody wants to work with you, how can they do that? Where can they find you?
1: Absolutely. Well, if you can spell my name right, T-A-N-J-A Diamond, you will, and you know what Google is. (laughs) You can't help but find me. So I am uh, literally all over Google. And I do have some different websites up. I've just uh, recently done a redesign because five years ago, in a severe trauma, I lost 25 years of business and everything I owned uh, in the business world. It's called turning off servers. It's a bad thing. And so uh, I'm rebuilding right now as far as that goes. But you can find me by Googling Tanya Diamond. And I do have a, um, if you contact me through Facebook or any place else, my phone number everywhere, my email is everywhere, Tanya, TanyaDiamond.com. Uh, just go ahead and contact me. And what I would do is set you up, this is what I do with everybody with a low cost $25 uh, coaching session. So you can get some value. And understand how i work because i think that's the best way it's not a discovery call it's not a sales call it's literally just i just coach you and you can see
0: how that that works for you awesome that's wonderful <laughs> um and any last like i mean you already gave us some golden <laughs> nuggets here but yeah. any last things you want to share or tips or tricks
1: yeah absolutely i think i think really um sometimes we have a tendency as somebody who, who, who wants to like really heal. And that was my quest, right? I was going to heal no matter what, because I certainly didn't want to put a gun to my head again. Right. And I was tired of feeling crappy is that we overdo things. And so I am going to tell you, I keep coming back to this simplistic, practical things. It's difficult for your brain and your mind. It's difficult for your mind to understand the things that I'm telling you really do work and they will work. And actually they work 100% of the time, whether you believe it or not. I only work with practices that work 100% of the time, unless you're a sociopath, that's the only caveat. And I've worked with people who are sociopathic to test that, but I'm very data driven. And so basically the things that I just gave you today, really, that's where you want to start. You want to, Really get in touch with your body so you're not doing things that keep triggering the trauma, which takes longer to heal if you're triggering it like every week or every month. You know, just back up and off. Healing your trauma can be quick, but not if you're always triggering it. And I think that's the biggest mistake I see people do is constantly getting, trying to find more, 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 more ways to heal faster, faster, faster. And what they're doing is prolonging it by years.
0: Wow. Yeah, please don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Well, thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation. I really appreciate you joining me today.
1: Thanks. It was great to be here.
0: You guys are awesome. Just know you've got this and what a great show. Awesome. Thank you. All right, y'all. That was another amazing episode of Mental Health Mondays. Again, we talk to either professionals in the mental health space advocates of mental health or those that live with or experience mental health challenges and as you've watched these episodes you've noticed there has been a lot of themes and it's not even planned and that's the coolest part about the show is that we can bring you resources we can bring you the tips the tricks like i mean literally tanya just gave you two golden nuggets if you listen if you didn't go back and watch um but that the body scan and then the vagus nerve breathing which is super simple, but it's got to be consistent. So um, go back and watch. If you didn't get a chance, you can always rewind, but make sure no matter where you're watching this, hit down that subscribe button um, or follow our page so that you don't miss any other episodes. And just a reminder, BCC Evolution is a 501c3 nonprofit. We bring you all this education so that you have access to resources that are outside just even our scope. But We need your help. So with a $20 donation or more per month, you get this super awesome shirt. You become a warrior for mental health and you can show the world that you support mental health. Um, But make sure you also send them this way. Have them watch the show. If you've got a friend, a loved one, anyone who may be uh, struggling or living with or experiencing their own mental health challenge, send them this way. We have lots of resources with the Mental Health Mondays. So I appreciate you watching, and we will see you next Monday at 11 a.m. Bye, y'all.